first time in about, I want to say, two years <laughs> have, uh, have worked in our favour and we have found a moment to sit across from each other and record the pod. We have. I know, how exciting. We're together. We couldn't believe it. We kept saying last night, now does this work? Will this fit with you? Well, it is all dependent on Roger Federer and Cam Norrie. Yes. Do we have a score? Running? We have a score. <laughs> I want the you. next match. This will be nothing to people who are listening to this after the event, but Roger Federer leaves Cam Norrie by a set and a break 4-3, so we just need it to slow down a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. If Cam can dig in, that would be great, and I'll have enough time to go and pick up a coffee on my way to centre court for the next match. Oh, very nice and relaxing. How's your Wimbledon going? Well, it's been, do you know what, by, I think on day three, it felt like we were in the middle of the second week because we'd had all that rain and there'd just been all sorts, it, it just felt really, really long each day. And then now we've sort of got off, off and running and it's, uh, it's great. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's Wimbledon, isn't it? It's the best two weeks of the year. We're sat by Court 18, sort of above it. So if we walked a little bit to our right, we could look down onto it. We've got the hill that we're calling Radakanu's Rise to our left and people milling around. There's not as many people, there can't be as many people, but everyone you speak to, especially people we're working with, it's how much did we miss this last year? Oh, I know. And do you know, I really expected to come back and feel like, oh, I've never left, but I actually really felt the two-year gap. It really felt like, oh, God, we have lots of changes. Yeah, lots of changes, lots of bits and pieces. I mean, Wimbledon is ever-changing in terms of layouts and, um, and that sort of thing, and yeah, there are some different restrictions and different routes that we have to take. But uh, yeah, I couldn't even remember how to get to the commentary box on the first day. I was like, it's somewhere in this area. I just need to get through this I wall. Did. I, did. I walked one way and I got to the end. And I thought, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be. Then I got to the end and I was like, oh, I think I've missed it. So I ended up basically doing a, a whole lap of, of centre court because there's, because of restrictions, it's understandable. We can't have as many people as we'd normally have in a small space because people have yeah. got to be separated. So we're making use of both positions, both working for BBC Five Live we have a low down position on centre court we have a high up one but normally we don't use the high up one because we're all crammed in to the ground level one so yeah the little I just kept walking past the um, uh, the security guards they just saw me walking backwards and forwards they're like okay <laughs> until I finally found it found the code and got in and but it is it's like reacquainting yourself with Wimbledon it is and now I think we're on day six aren't we you're not so getting lost anywhere now no, no. now well, actually yesterday I was sent to court 12 and uh, I found my way to 18 <laughs> excellent not in the right direction so by the time I got to court 12 it was sort of a that's taking you a while yeah. no, are you there are you there come in come in yeah set's gone yeah so, I was on court 18. Genuinely, by the time I got there, it was a set and a break. It was a very quick match. <laughs> it really was. It was really cool. I found on the, on the first day, we, we pick up our accreditation from sort of high above court 18. And there's now a new walkway that kind of is, is very nicely done, that sort of weaves you through into the grounds. And I was walking along this path thinking, I don't know, thinking, I don't know where I'm going. I genuinely don't know where I'm going. And then I popped out onto the, near the broadcast reef and I realised where I was. And it was fine. So not, not too much getting lost. The odd wrong commentary box. Yes, I know. But I think we've just about got our bearings now and we're off and running and the tennis has just been phenomenal as we expected and it's felt really normal with the crowd in. I mean, it's just, it's Wimbledon. It's just back, it's just back to being Wimbledon. It is, it's Wimbledon. It's slightly different in the sense that the players are kept in a very separate bubble that we've talked about, people have been listening about. So there's a, there's a press centre. If people have ever been here and looked up to that balcony where the winner will hold the trophy and sometimes you can do some celeb spotting. Now, the players can't really leave that area now because they can't, 
They can't mix with us. Although they can't mix with us because we're sort of the great unwashed and they're in the, the protective bubble. Yeah. Yet you see them in their player boxes. So you've got, say, your you, you three-person entourage in the player box, bubble. But then I was watching the other day and, and Sebastian Corder won and he came through against Dan Evans. And so his three-man entourage, including his dad, turned around and started cuddling people outside the player box that would sort of they knew but were not in the bubble well Andy Murray did as well didn't he after his oh, yes. uh, late yes. night victory with some of the fans who'd been supporting him in the front row he was all over them so yeah you know it, it, but they're not calling it a bubble Wimbledon I think it's like a reduced risk zone or something quite, like quite that. a long winded name well, not, not really sure but, bubble. it's just but, a bit simpler and the yeah. heat at the moment the big thing it seems to be the bubble is it's that journey for anyone that's made the journey in New York from Manhattan to Flushing Meadows it's getting on a coach there might be traffic and it'll take you around 45 minutes but apparently the hotel is there's three sort of tables of pick and mix which is the thing I've clung on to great Amazing. That's great. <laughs> Which you think for athletes, but they need a bit of sugar, don't they? I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. need a bit of that. It's good if you're running a marathon. All different restaurants, all different cuisines. Everything's laid out. Someone didn't they describe it as something like at the Olympics, like an Olympic hotel when everything is there for them? Yeah, a bit like a food court. They've tried to make it as easy as they possibly can, which is which is understandable. It is, it is frustrating, you know. Some of my British friends who are playing, you know, are slightly put out that they can't be staying at home i mean one of the players lives about 500 meters away from wimbledon and has to drive past her house on the way to the tournament every morning and is staying in a hotel which she's paying for and it's just also can they bring us some pick and mix (laughs) okay well okay we'll we'll get that at least we'll be winning out of it i suppose can we put an order for some pick and mix in terms of stories what i think we've got to start with today because we're here, I mentioned it's called Radicano's Rise. Do you like that? Radicano's we can have Rise. Ridge or the Rock of Radicano. Else? The Rock, what? No, the, the Rock of Radicano. It's not a rock, is it? It's grass. No, it's grass, Rock of Radicano. Rise know. Ridge. It's tough to beat Henman Hill, really, isn't it? I mean, Murray but it Mount. It has to adapt to whoever's winning. It does, and I agree with that. So it'll be Absolutely. Norrie's Norrie's Nobble. Norrie's Nob. Nob- <laughs> uh, well, let's, no. go, let's go Nobble. Um, <laughs> if he were to beat Roger Federer. So, but I think yeah. Emma Raducanu, for those listening, thinking, what on earth is a Raducanu rise? Well, a Raducanu is Emma Raducanu, 18, British, a player that you work with for a period of time and who many people within tennis have been saying for a number of years is one of the hot prospects of British tennis. Well, yes, not really a hot prospect anymore, just there. She's just made it. She's big time now, absolutely. Yeah. Through to the second week of Wimbledon on her debut in a slam, a wild card in, ranked outside 300. I mean, she has just been so ready for this. I think this past year, she's been chomping at the bit, ready to go, just getting... And she she looks like that. It doesn't look like she is sort of playing above herself or all of this. It's just she looks like she belongs. And and she's just absolutely smashed it out of the park again. She hasn't dropped a set. She's she's fantastic. I was so excited. And I, you were on commentary of her match. And uh, I was just nervously rocking and moving around my commentary box. I was trying to be trying to watch the Coco Goff match, which I was. But I had the commentary of Emma in, in my ear. And you know when you're sort of almost steering like if you have a car yeah. you're sort of steering left and I could hear you saying like and the, the forehand down the line and I'm sort of moving that way and then this <laughs> as if I'm sort of a goalkeeper I was just so edgy um and I oh, just oh it's just absolutely phenomenal what a story I mean what a story and yes we can talk about the match and and the Serena Castell wasn't the Castell that came through against Azarenka in three in the previous round but just to focus on Raducanu the fact that she's 18 Grand Slam debut she hasn't dropped a set through three rounds and the thing for me is 
it's, it's this attitude. It's walking out into court one, and there's a couple of people saying, well, maybe it's a bit too soon for court one, and maybe we, it's an 18 or a 2 and a 3, and then we go to court one if she gets through. She walked out sort of smiling and cheering, and then she was fist-pumping, then she was yelling, and at the end she went to all four corners of the court to say thank you. She was owning court one. She was absolutely right from the very, very beginning. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't concerned with her going on court one at all, right right from the start. I know that she can play in front of big crowds. Not that she has, but I just know that it, she's capable of it. I didn't really think it would phase her, and it didn't at all. I mean, arguably, it's probably the best tennis that we've seen from her, so probably gave her the lift that, that she needed. And, and, yeah, look, you can always argue good draws, bad draws, everything in between. Like that's how it pans out. There are always a certain amount. I always view it as there are always a certain amount of players you can beat in any one tournament, and there are others that you can't. Unless you're turning up as the best player in the tournament, then you're probably going to win the whole thing anyway if you play well. So, you know, and it's when you're unseeded, you just don't know how the draw is going to fall. And and okay, some of the players that play that Emma has played against, she would never ever be the favourite against them. Absolutely not. But you know, she's been able to beat them, but she's done it. That is what is so impressive. The amount of players over the years, young players, old players, experienced players, new players that have had good draws and not capitalised on them is, I mean, that, that list is endless, you know. And if we think back to, say, Coco Goff in 2019, a lot of people say, well, you know, playing against Polona Herzog and, and, you know, Venus is not, okay, she's Venus Williams by name, yeah, but yeah, is yeah. she Venus yeah. Williams in how she plays? But look how that has just given the belief to Coco Goff, who now has got these big wins is now turning up as the 20th seed playing very much like it and looking like she's bossing she's picked up a WTA title in between as well so it really was a launch pad even though of course yeah I mean okay Emma's not beaten Barty and Sviontek and Serena to get to the third round to get to the fourth round even sorry but you don't have to that's not how tennis works you don't have to beat everybody in the tournament you just have to beat the path in front of you and so far cleaning up did we make predictions pre-tournament? I can't remember. No, we didn't. We didn't make predictions. I, I think I was trying to push you for them, but I don't think we ever got there in the end. So. Well, I think I was waffling on about Halep, and she was here, and she did try, <laughs> but then she couldn't make it. It's still really hard now. We're, we're okay, halfway to the fourth round. Who's going to win this? Right, predictions now, then. Halfway who's going to win this? Well, men's Djokovic. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Berrettini's doing well. Yeah. Is he going to win it? No, no. There, okay. Well, so, the, the one interesting thing, the one interesting thing, that's a bit harsh on the men's draw, but one of the interesting things on the men's draw is who's going to come through that bottom half. That is the big thing. Could it be Berrettini? Could it be Zverev? He's been playing very well. Sitspas went out in the first round. Um, so there are, yeah, that, that could be interesting. It's Berrettini's final, I think, to lose, possibly with Zverev in with a chance there, but that could be a great uh, core to final. I think it's pointless doing breaking news on a podcast right because once i've broken it and we've edited it and it's gone up it's old news. but is this because i need to know the news <laughs> no no, news to no. Me? this is just nick kiris has retired oh he was winning he he won the first set against felix ogier as everyone listening will now know <laughs> he dropped the second set six one in the first set he had some he went up to went up to smash and it looked like he pulled something in his Stomach. Right. He hasn't played a lot of tennis, has he? Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. And uh, he's had he's had to retire. So that's was well, I that putting is disappointing. Was I putting him in the mix to win the? No, not in the no, not in the men's. I can't put him in the mix to win this in the men's. Djokovic, I can't unless Djokovic beats himself somehow. But the women's, I haven't. This sounds really harsh. Somebody's never played the sport. But I'm just going to be blunt and honest. <laughs> I haven't been that impressed with Ash Barty to this point. Agreed. I think her last match was was scrappy. 
So she's the world number one, and, and I kind of thought she was playing at her best, then, then she's the one in there. Then I thought Elena Ostapenko coming on this run through Eastbourne. Yeah, I'm a big Penko fan. Lost today yeah. to Isla Tomlianovich. With some drama. With some, with some drama. <laughs> <laughs> because Ostapenko calls out the trainer for medical timeout. At Four Love. And Tomlianovich was at, was mm. at Four Love, and Tomlianovich says there's nothing wrong with her. Yep. She made it perfectly clear. And what were the comments from Ostapenko afterwards? Ostapenko said that she had no respect. Um, and if she'd been playing... Oh, if she'd been playing at 50%, she would have beaten her. And so, yeah, you know, it didn't, didn't end on, on friendly terms. But then Tomlianovich was saying after the match that, look, I have far stronger feelings about getting through to the fourth round than I do about uh, Ostapenko having a word with me. So, yes, yeah, whatever. Answer. No, it's a good answer. <laughs> it's fine. Iga Świątek had... I had a lovely chat with her, actually, on Five Live. And, and I said, did you really make this comment about hating the grass? I said, because we're sort of thinking you're a junior Wimbledon champion. What on earth's going on here? And she talked about the fact that she doesn't play on it very much. She's, she's learning. It's kind of, it's this sort of alien creature to a lot of people. We had this with Bianca Andreescu saying, I'm just trying to figure it out. And Shontek said, it's just about feeling comfortable on the surface and, and believing that you can move and play your tennis on it. Yeah, it's hard. And we've mentioned this a couple of times on the pod that, yeah, two years without the grass we have a lot of sort of established players now at the top of the game that just have never really played on it's grass crazy isn't it yeah just absolutely phenomenal really um, I think that goes for the, the men's side as well as I, I did a Casper Ruud in the first round I think this was his sixth ever grass court match and he was here as a 12th seed. How can you be 12th seed at Wimbledon and you've not even... Well, Andreescu yeah, was, what was she, seven or eight? And this yeah, is like her fourth match on yeah, grass. It's just, <laughs> it's just bonkers, isn't it? Um, but that's just how it goes. It's a very short season. Nobody trains on it in off-season. Nobody trains on it the rest it's of the true. year. They, No one was on it in, uh, in lockdown at all. So so there you go. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, in terms of the women's draw... Pliskova, Pliskova. She has this early first-round exit in Eastbourne. Yeah. So we're thinking, oh, no one's talked about her moving through quite nicely. Yeah, and she'll like that no one's talking about yeah. her. I, but, again, I, it's not like I've been impressed by the level of tennis that she's played. Um, look, it's up for grabs, isn't it, in terms of whichever player is going to lift their level at the well, right time. Well, who are you time. going for, then? You, you've, you've got to, to I don't want this up for you grabs thing. Okay, I, want, I, want, I want an answer. The best tennis <laughs> I have seen played yes. by anyone yes. in the women's draw is Ludmilla Samsonova. Right. There you go. Are, are you nailing these Samsonova colours to the title? I'm not sure about that. I'm just making a statement that that is the best <laughs> level of tennis that I've seen so far. Now, for the listeners, just saying, we, we are commentating, so we are assigned matches each day. I cannot physically watch all of the matches, so I have not seen a lot of it's players. It's a bit slack, really. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Should I have 10 monitors on at the same time? But, you know, like people at home might be able to catch, you know, games of, like they could watch a set of this and a set of that. You know, we have to be sort of all consumed by a match. And in that time, three seeds have gone out and you don't know what's gone on at all so um, for me in terms of the tennis that I've seen which is a good chunk it's a good chunk of it um, I would say that she's playing the best tennis for me and it was so funny because in commentary the other day on her match um, she beat Sloane Stephens and uh, I can't remember who it was I think it was yeah one of uh, somebody on our team said oh well you know she hasn't been at the same level as uh, Sloane Stephens for yeah, she hasn't been at the same level. She hasn't been at this level for as long as Sloane Stevens. Yeah. And I was saying, as long as Sloane Stevens, she's been at this level for two weeks. <laughs> she was nowhere near this level two weeks ago. And then she qualified on one Berlin two weeks ago. Then got a wild card into the main draw because 
the tournament like to reward people doing well on the grass. Yeah. And off she flies. Are you tipping her to win this? Go on then. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pavlenka still in yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Ruby Keenan. Oh, she's been playing well. That's, Someone, that's fair enough. I would. I would love to win this. We've still got Coco Goff. We haven't talked about Coco Goff yet. Yes. Is is on Jabeur, and I'm with the right person here. <laughs> because I didn't yeah. know this, so we're, uh, were you commentating on this match? Were no, you, were you I wasn't. It, were we? you, weren't you watching? You commentating? No, on I wasn't commentating. Oh, okay. on this I, match. I was on a different court. But we I was were, watching it. We were watching it. Came through against Magruth. I, I, it's weird. I looked at that order of play, and we had Dan Evans and Andy Murray. But that is the match that stood out. That that could have been the cracker. It turned out to be an absolute cracker. But then you go and tell me that you faced on Jabur. Yeah. How was that? On grass as well. Oh. Um, it was a few years ago. I think she would have been ranked like a hundred at the time, about about that sort of ranking at Nottingham. Right. Oh, and it was honestly on the grass. one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> so in the Mugarutha match, if anybody watched it, you will have felt her pain. She was just being drop shotted and drop shotted over and over again. And it was it's just awful when you try and hit through that as like a power player, it's just not possible. It just is awful. And I I vividly remember it because I think I won the first set. It might have been the second set, but whichever it was, after I won a set, I remember sitting down thinking, I want to get off the court. This is so painful. It is so uncomfortable because I was just getting drop shotted all the time. And you're just in positions. You're trying to produce power because that's my game. And I'm in positions where I just have never been before. I've never tried to hit a shot from here. All over the place. It was just so painful. The slicing... All of it. I mean, she had a whale of a time, but <laughs> I lost in three in the end. And uh, I, I felt think we were coming to that conclusion. I think there. that just mindset re- might have had something to do with it, with me going a set up and just wanting to get off the court. I don't think it went very well after that. I would, I would love her to win it, but just we've just thrown some names in. We haven't really talked about Coco Goff, but the amount of players that could win this title I, I really wouldn't if you said you have to give me one I don't think I could Coco Goff could win it I was so oh Krejcikova's still in yeah I know right French Open champion did she do the double I mean this would is she, this, in, the, is she in the doubles as well because she do singles doubles singles doubles the double double <laughs> this would be quite extraordinary so to the point where the French Open I think I went through about six players even to the final yeah. I got it wrong I got it wrong in the final even in the final I got it wrong <laughs> so I'm not sure again ahead of this once we knew that Hallett wasn't going to take part I thought Barty if Barty's yeah. fit if the hip is okay but I just haven't been convinced from what I've seen of Ash Barty to this point I know I know but I tell you what going back to Kokov she could win it she I looked not good. be surprised wow. she, you know what she's not played brilliantly well but she has just I, I mean every time we talk about Coco Golf, we talk about her mentality and how bonkers it is that she just is not phased by stuff and that she's just on you every single point is competitive doesn't matter if she's six love five love down i don't think that's ever happened to her to be honest but if that were to happen you know that she is just gunning for every single point you have to beat her you have to work it's intimidating walking out on court against her yeah and what is so remarkable is that 
that is usually the telltale sign of a junior is somebody whose mentality fluctuates the youngsters you know somebody like Zverev when he burst in the scene you know he's so great when he was on yeah so so great but he's gonna have those dips and he's gonna have those days you know that sort of thing and it, and for Coco she just doesn't like okay she doesn't necessarily always play great but she's just so in the match she's so competitive she understands how to play matches how to play points um and yeah, I, I mean, she, she came through three and three against Kaya Yuvan today, and it really felt like that could have got tricky, and she just didn't allow it. She just was like, "No, I'm just gonna just gonna come through, do enough to get this match done, and then move through to the next round." It's amazing how the the younger players have this belief, and we can put that into the men's draw. Sebastian Corder, yes, I mean, that that fellow's gonna be a superstar. He's on his, I mean, look, his family. I mean, it, it's star studded. His 22 year old sister Nelly is the number one golfer in the world, just won her first major. His 26 year old sister Jessica is 13 in the world in golf he's just 20 years of age his dad we know Peter Corder what was two in the world won the Australian Open his mum was top 30 in tennis and the way he performed out in centre court against Dan Evans these they've got the game but they've also got the belief yeah and that's it's exciting but it's also frightening and we're seeing it across the men's and women's game yeah and the capability to go best of five straight away yeah, as well with that. the guys yeah, because yeah. we have had a bit of a history of it taking a little bit of time for that to settle in the mentality and physicality with that so yeah it does really feel like the younger generation is starting to take things back we had a bit of time where you know the ages did become a bit older and look the average age of the top 100 is being massively dragged up by the likes of Federer, Serena, Venus you know in in that sense we just never had players like that before um but uh, yeah I just think that because we had a, a period of time I don't know if we ended up with no teenagers in the women's top 100 at one point I'm thinking back about five years ago but it was definitely down to maybe one or none which was madness considering 20 years before that it was wow, like 50 yeah. of the top 100 were teenagers and it was pretty much I think it might have only been Donna Vekic or possibly Belinda Bencic were the only teenagers around and it was quite extraordinary and then now it's it's changing again because you had you know of course what, what teenage champions have we had I mean Sviantec was 19 when she won Roland Garros and now you know so that's Ostapenko. that's definitely ch- changing yeah absolutely so yeah it feels like it's going back to the hands of the youngsters but then with at the other end of the scale <laughs> the, still the old there. guard is still not there. budging Federer is still in let me ask you about we have talked about this before, but I noticed it even more so because the first few days were quite wet and then the, the roof was coming over and the grass was quite humid. It was a little bit slippy and we didn't have that, that week because the French Open was pushed back. It's like we sort of fell off the clay onto the grass and some players like Stefanos Sitspas and maybe that was also a hangover from everything that went into reaching the French Open final and everything that took place there. He didn't have a warm-up and he looked he looked completely out of out of sorts he looked like Bambi on ice in the grass and he looked like he didn't have the belief which for someone people were tipping to go deep at this tournament and and you talk to players past and present and they say about the grass especially if the conditions a little bit slippy you've got to have the belief you've got to have the confidence on this surface well because you've got to commit you really have to just go for it. You have to not be scared of the movement. We've had a lot of slipping through the yeah, tournament, yeah, which yeah. has been a Serena hot, Williams. hot topic. Serena had to pull out. Manorino pulled out against Federer beginning of the fifth. 
it, you know, it, it's it, it's a tough surface, and you can feel. I mean, like watching Andrescu on the surface, or even Sphere Kennan, to be honest, when she was playing, you can feel so exposed, so vulnerable, and like you just cannot move. I mean, when we say Bambi on ice, okay, because they're slipping and stuff, but honestly, the feeling that you can have when you think that the court is a little bit slippery under your feet, it is really sort of terrifying. You don't really know how to move, and you do have to move differently to other surfaces and these real hard court players seem to struggle more I mean it used to be the clay court transition to the grass and it took Nadal a little while to figure it out and then he figured it out big time but um, you know but I, I do think that these real hard court specialists I mean, we don't have Osaka here this year but I'd be really interested to see how she would go um, because it's just different you can't slam on the brakes as quickly you can't change direction as quickly you you, you, you just don't have anywhere near the level of grip that you do on a hardcore. And for me, I find it really interesting because there's been so much talk about the grass slowing down over the past 10, 20 years, and it has. And that has, and people have said it's played more like a hardcore because of the new technologies that they've used. It's made the grass better and it's made things a little bit firmer underneath, so it does play more like a hardcore. But because the ball's coming through like a hardcore and there's more rallying going on, I think people are getting sort of sucked into the mindset that they can just move like they would on a hard court because they're yeah, playing yeah. so many long baseline rallies side to side. And it's like, actually, you can't. You have to move differently. You have to have different movement patterns. You can't sort of be reaching with a leg out to a ball. You'll fall over. You'll slip. You have to get your leg behind the ball. And on a hard court, you can get away with it. Um, so there are all these slight differences. And it's not like it used to be when the grass was so much quicker. You would just have a lot more front foot playing. So you wouldn't have that. But yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's, it's, it is fascinating, the change. I mean, it feels so quick from Paris, it's doesn't it? It's ridiculously quick. I mean, you can completely understand I mean, that Sitsa Pass was all over the place. Yeah. Like, completely. I mean, I'm Djokovic saying he's never slipped over and fallen over so much. I mean, I know he throws himself around anyway at the best of mm. times, but he was really getting annoyed. Well, Federer ended up on his knees twice. Don't I've never seen see that. that. Don't normally see that. I mean, because that's, that's what I was... And that's what I was thinking was, oh, maybe it's just the people moving like they're on a hard court. And then, you know, Federer's got the best grass court movement around. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't move like he's on a hard court when he's playing on grass. And even he went down a couple of times pretty heavily as well. So, um, yeah, definitely a feature. But I tell you what, the conditions, it's been so humid, hasn't it? Yeah, it I mean, We basically had a month of rain before the tournament started. Oh, did. And then now it's been fairly dry after the first couple of days and it's just so humid like you can understand in Mallorca at the grass court event in Mallorca a couple of weeks ago they were suspending play by the time they got to 6pm 7pm because it was so humid out there that there was just so much moisture on the court it was wet wow so it's, it's you know we can't play on grass before 11am because it's dewy because you have the dew yeah. in the morning and it takes a while to clear that off and you know you you can't book an 8am practice like it's just not going to happen um so you know and, and that's the same for all you know most clubs in this country the grass courts won't open until 11 because they're just not going to be dry enough anyway but it's the same in the evening as well how are you doing with the snacks in the little room in our office resisting or have you given in I, I was resisting, oh. um, but I was just waiting for you in the office. No, and don't I blame me I for had your four no. biscuits. Oh, <laughs> wow, okay. Because there's, there's a wonderful guy called Matt, and he keeps everyone sort of fed. And so they're just if you need, they're healthy does, ones. Yeah. There's yeah. there's apples and there's banana snacks. But I, there's also we're we're working. We're a little bit more spread out due to COVID and distancing. We can't have so many of us. So there is a desk in the room where the snacks are. I tend to hide in one of the off-air studios largely to get away from the snacks because I, I went into that little room where there's a desk 
and the snacks. And I set my stuff up and I was going to get to work. But just to my right, almost on this table, we're sitting on one of the green Wimbledon tables where your pass is, to my right, there was um, a curly whirly. Mm. I don't know in America, do they have curly whirlies? Is this making yeah. no sense? Curly whirly? Chocolate caramel thing. Isn't it? Yeah, curly yeah. whirly. And I was just, I was eyeballing the curly whirly. And every time I was trying to make notes on the Radicani match and everything, I was just looking at the curly whirly and eventually I had to move because I don't, I don't know if your will, well, it cracked on the biscuits, but I don't have the willpower. And once you start, mm. the slope is very slippery. Yeah, and everything's open. It's open and ready to go. Open. It's not oh, like you would have to open no. things. No, it's just there. And I find it at tournaments like this, if you're waiting, if you've got a bit of downtime and you're waiting for your match, that is the most dangerous time. It is, yeah. And sometimes there can be lots of hanging around. It's the oh, rain delays oh, for me. Rain We're delays. All just sat around. Why not just have a muffin? It's fine. Just don't go in that room. Don't go into the dining room. No. Don't go in. And how are you? Because a lot of time at Grand Slams and tournaments, we're, we're away, we're on site, but we're both commuting because the media we don't have to be in a bubble or a restricted zone we can take lateral flow testing we come so how are you coping with with baby roger and coming in and hours and all that how's that yeah no it's it's been all right i mean look it's definitely putting a different spin on the whole thing because you know we work long days at slam so so you're out like a rat up a drain pipe when you can well, to maybe. get home, try and try and say goodnight. Is it that because you get into that phase when I might be able to catch them before they go to sleep? I know yeah. at Baby Roger's age, he's still either there or it's not. It's almost not sure. easier when you know you're not going to be back for yeah, bedtime. Hundred percent. So like tonight, I know I'm on the late shift. It's right. Like I'm I'm not back for bedtime, so it's just checking out. But when it's sort of like a if There's this a match chance. finishes, if yeah. this is straight sets, I'll be home and I can do bedtime. Then that's where it starts playing on your mind, and then you get really disappointed because or you get yeah, stuck in traffic yes. on the way home. There's a lot so of people understanding this, listening. Just better for it to be sort of taken out of the equation or it's definitely happening i mean my husband can't handle it he cannot he cannot handle he's a real planner unlike me and he cannot handle the fact that when i'm working like i mean because we'll be working and say at the tournament so i was doing eastbourne last as you were there'll be four matches scheduled for the day yep and i will come home when the fourth match is finished when is that so when is that my husband will say so what time are you coming home and I pretty much can give him an eight hour window he must be used to this by now he hates it hates it so yeah. much and then also like what time are you going in so even I mean we're getting our schedules 11 o'clock midnight I mean mainly thanks to Andy Murray going very yeah. late a lot We've had of had a nights. few unofficial <laughs> night sessions <laughs> yeah but you know we get um, you, you don't get the schedule until the day's play is finished because they need to organise things yep. and see how things have wrapped up so you know again like if I have had like a reasonably earlier finish it would be the case okay, so of what time are you going in tomorrow I don't know. Could be first match. Could be later. I don't know. When are you back? It's just don't not helpful. Know. Do you want dinner? For Probably not. And then exactly. you come home and you're like, "Is there any dinner?" And he's like, "Well, you told me not to worry." Yeah, but I'm back. And you're like, "Oh." So I just say, "I'll look after myself. Just right. don't worry about right. it. I'll sort. Yeah. My, you sort yourself and, and Baby Rog, and I'll, I'll and I'll sort myself. myself." Yeah, I, I try and say to the boys again to avoid the disappointment. I will not, if I know, I will not be back for bedtime, just so they know. Yeah. And they're sort of yeah, yeah. I've been trying to take them to school in the morning and drop off, but it's almost, because quite tight, it's almost sort of, not literally, but throwing them out the car as we get to school. <laughs> and, and every day really normally. Really enjoying the school <laughs> drop off. When <laughs> picking them out. Car still moving. They're only six. Tuck and roll, tuck um, and roll. Go, 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 boys, go. Look left and right. Um, but normally when I'm not working, we'll walk to school because it's a nice 10 minute walk and I quite like it. And you see their friends along the way and they're always moaning. Can we go in the car? Can we go in the car? Can we go in the car? So for these two weeks, we're going in the car, and then I shoot off. Mommy, can we walk? I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, I thought you wanted to be in the car. I really like to walk. We're going to go in the car. So I'm trying to do the drop-off when I can. 
Yeah. So I do a bit of it. That is the good thing, though, isn't it? That you do get that little morning chunk. staggered, yeah. You want to see them before you come in to work. But, it, but it's also, I find it, it quite busy when, say, uh, at Roland Garros, the French Open, I'm in a hotel, it's... you. It's just all about you and you're preparing, you're getting ready. I forget that here, when I go home, I'm going to find the school uniform, lay it out, put things in the in the bags. Mm. You know, who's got what? Oh, you've got football, right? You haven't got this. What do you need to set schools? So this is all happening about midnight. And then making sure... Everything, and then in the morning, they're up at six going, oh, and, and my, my children, well, one of them, especially one of the twins, has got into Pokemon. Were you ever into Pokemon? Yeah. You were? Definitely. Really? Yeah, very my much my generation. For, oh, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Right, just a bit. Okay, so that was the thing, was it? Yes. Did you go and find them? What there's, physically? No, oh, the Pokemon Go thing. Is that? Yeah. No, that no. was a bit more modern for me. Oh, that's a bit. Yeah, we haven't got to that yet. But they're obsessed with Pokemon. Someone gave them a book for their they're birthday. Great. There are five hundred pages of Pokemon. Yeah. Did you gotta, know they've got to get them all? No, we're not getting. Got to catch them. We're all. not getting them all. We're not catching anything. <laughs> not catching anything. But literally, it's six o'clock in the morning when my eyes are trying to open. They're telling me about like Pokemon's and what this one does and what that one does and. We're into this sort of Pokemon-heavy yep. time. And it's I don't know great. whether I've got to embrace it or just ignore embrace it. Embrace it. This could go on it. for a while. Really? Yeah. How long did it go on for you? I feel like you're still in it. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. What's your favourite Pokemon? No, but it's quite... I don't know. People are big fans. There's Pikachu. There you go. That's one of them. It's the only one I know. That's, one of them. That's the yellow one. Maybe I can prep you. Yeah, I can go home and say, have you seen... I don't know. Give me a You name. can prep me for you the football tonight and I'll prep you for, for Pokemon. Yeah, you're looking forward to that. Well, yeah, I just have to sort of, yeah, pretend that Is I that why you're much. doing the late shift? Because you're not bothered? I think they <laughs> recognise that I may not be the biggest football fan out of our team and that other people might be wanting to watch. I'll still watch if I'm allowed, if I'm not working. But there you go. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see how the tennis pans out because, as I said, with tennis you haven't got a clue. People say to you, well, when do you think you'll be back? I don't know. When do you think this match will finish? I haven't got a clue. Well, Did we think that Emma Raducanu was going to wrap it up an hour and a half against Serrano Castillo? No. Probably not. No. You know, th- there are some matches you can look at. Andy Murray, talking about that, Andy Murray, ahead of that Andy murray Shapovalov match. Yes. I, I, I did think Shapovalov will go through in three. Yeah. Just because however much drama and excitement we had against the qualifier Oscar Rossa and however he came through against Bashlashvili, Shapovalov was, was another level up again. And also Murray doesn't have those kind of matches in his legs. But when you look back at Andy Murray's Wimbledon tournament, what do you take away from it? Well, it was difficult listening to him after the match, wasn't it? He seemed pretty bummed, to be honest. I think that's an English term, so I don't know if... I don't think that's international. I think that's more an international, isn't isn't it? it? I I think so. Well, you get the general gist. I don't think I've ever said that. He wasn't feeling great. He wasn't happy. He wasn't feeling great. Um, He was pretty hard on himself. I mean, look, to be honest, with the Oscar Otti thriller... At one point I called him, I said... The bearded otter steps yeah. up to the baseline. And Pat Cash said, is that a breed of otter? <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I thought, it could quite possibly. Then I remembered, sorry to sidetrack, yeah. that Dominic Team has an Instagram account of otters. dedicated to otters. Oh, wow. Can you imagine if Team played otter? Just want to give him a cuddle. Oh, we could have an hey. absolute field day with that. Sorry, that's, that's my, made for that's my, my random fact. Right, carry on, sorry. Yeah, but I was just thinking that, like, when when it got to the fifth set against Otter, I think people were thinking, like, okay, this we were all loving it, and it was great yes. Andy can come through. But we were sort of thinking at chances moving forward, pulling up after this match. It's, you know, it, it's just the way it is, yeah. you know. We had a four-set match in the first round, five sets then it's a lot in the second so it was always going to be difficult to to, sort of respond in terms of his body so yeah I don't think we were that surprised with how it it went I mean it definitely is a shame of course for 
for him that he wasn't able to compete as he would like because his body just didn't allow him. Yeah, it was tough. And But he said at the start, didn't he? I love it. I want to keep playing. I want to keep long as long as my body allows. And actually speaking to Marion Bartley earlier today about this, and I said she retired about, what, 40 days, I think it was, after she won Wimbledon. Yeah. And I said, so, mission complete, so, very much. And I sort of said, you know, do you wake up one morning? Was there a conversation? Was there a moment? I know she had problems with the shoulder. And what was it? She said, I, I just, my body gave up. She said, I wanted to go to the US Open and, and went another one. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. She said, but everything. She said she'd had injuries all that year, 2013. And everything she put into it, she said, literally, she could not get out of bed. And her body she said her body was just done it was over it was finished yeah and you know that's it you know um well i mean maybe you know when some players refuse to accept it <laughs> but <laughs> you're saying right retire leave now no they can do what they want i mean he can play if he wants he can stop if he wants um you know just he clearly has very high expectations for himself so yeah i mean it's been fantastic to have that as a story though and i think actually can we just rewind because i don't think you picked a winner on the women's side did you from who for the what? women's. Oh. Did you did pick you? a winner? You, I went Sam Sonova. I mean, are you serious about yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Sam Sonova. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that sounds awful. What if I had but, said Craig Chikova, hey, a month ago? Yeah, they caught you You mad. would have laughed at me then. Have you met anyone that picked her to win the French? Craig Chikova? No, that's never happened. No, no. I'm just wondering if, if anyone out there is actually claiming... people might have predicted her to win the doubles. And, and surely a win like that for her has given others belief. I mean, it's exceptional yeah. what she did. But there are players out there... And look, we've got to remember, she was specialising doubles. She then said that she wanted to try and fulfil her potential in singles and give it a go. She gave it a go. She won the French. So yeah, there you go. There've got to be players out there. Sam Sonova might be thinking, well, not, not if she can do it, I can do it. That's, it's, it's a bit too casual. But she's given people the hope that... It's possible. Yeah. Well, we remember the Ostapenko thing, and I think a lot of yeah. players started talking about that and going, oh, okay, you actually can just go and win a slam. You don't have to have gone through, the, you know, winning a title and then winning a big title and then getting to the semis of a slam and losing in the final of a slam, being number one in the world like a Wozniacki or a Simona Halep. You don't have to go through that process. You can just turn up and win a slam if you've got the game. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at this draw, because I'm, try- I'm trying to make a considered choice. So you're sticking with Sam Sonova. Yeah. You sure? I'm giving you one last I'm, chance I'm, to... Am I, am I sure? Are you sure on anything? Oh, no, that's, I don't know that's, anything. That's a good thing. So this top half of the draw, it's the top half. The- Coco Goff's in the top half, isn't she? She's up there. And there's where's your, Who does your yeah. Sam Sonova play I've next? i heard a couple of rebackers floating around. No, no. I, I, would, I would like... I would like Andre to win. Ooh. I think, you know, she wins her first WTA title on the grass in Bowman. She loves the grass. She's such a wonderful personality character. And she taught, I spoke to her in Eastbourne. She said, the amount of work that's gone into that title, she said, you just do not believe that the hurts, the, 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 the everything that's gone into winning that title. And it kind of makes you think, wow, I mean, that's, that's everything. And she, and she loves this service. She plays a beautiful brand of tennis. I'd love her to win it. I'm uh, Coco Goff. Oh, wow. Okay. You, wow, you've gone Samsonova. Yours support, is more of a wow than mine's a wow. I support the Coco Goff, though. But yours is more of a wow. We've heard, I've heard a couple of Rubakinas floating around. You asked who Samsonova plays next. I believe it's Pliskova. Not sure. Um, yeah, um, it's up for grab. Maybe Pliskova will finally do Okay, it. so Djokovic is, is going to win. Yes. Who's he going to face in the finals? So we've got to do some form of prediction. I think something's finished on court 18, by the way. Everyone's leaving. Everyone, that's not the match you need. The you're, dubs. You, you're... You're keeping an eye on... It's for all, third set, Federer. Yes, Norrie, I might have to Jessica. get a sprint on, okay, but that's right. okay. Okay. Might have to not get my coffee. Yes. Hello. 
How are you? Oh, give me a couple of minutes and I'll come and we're just sort of finishing off. Hello, how are you doing? Have you? Right, well, we're just finishing off a podcast. Have you got two couple of minutes? No, I'll, I'll just finish off this. How long have we got? Like? Well, that's nice. Just saw hello to some friends. You know when you don't recognise someone? I just had that moment <laughs> when, when the lady said hello, and I went, hello. And luckily she followed. She's a, uh, a sister of a good friend of mine from university. Oh, well, there you go. You know you have those moments. And remember we had this two years ago when there was that gentleman who was a tennis listener. Yes, I know. Yes, and he recognised you. he came you. over and we had our mugs. We had the tennis mugs. Mine's a little bit we chipped. Did. Do you have any spare ones? I do. Amazing. Yeah. Because mine's, mine's getting a little bit worn because everyone uses it. Okay, so, right, final, because you're going to have to get ready for centre court now yes. in case things happen quickly. You're f- who's going to face Djokovic in the final? How about that then? Oh, I've been thinking Berrettini. I mean, it's Berrettini or Zverev. That's it. Um, is that it? Yes, that is it. No one else stands a chance. I mean, that's nonsense, but I'll say it anyway. Um, Federer? I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm going to say, I think Zverev might nick it, you know. I think Zverev might come through. Really? Okay. Yeah. Djokovic-Zverev final. Djokovic to win. Yes. And Sam Sonova to win the title. Yes. I'm going Coco Goff. Okay. And I'd love Coco Goff to win it, and I'd love Anjou to win it. I'm just going to yeah. pick lots of... Yeah. I can, I can carry on with How that. Exciting. List. So you've got to get ready to go to Centre Court. I have. I've got to go and see the people I now know who they are. Yes. So I'm going to go and, go and say hello. And we look forward to running things up at the end of week two. Yes. And I'll bring in a mug for you next week. Oh, lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs>